one constant through all the years, Ray. The ladies are digging my sweet face. It's the Sexy Voice Show on Beyond the Game. <laughs> Beyond the Game. Beyond the Game. Oh, I hurt them so much. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. You like that? You like that? That's the dumbest thing I could think of. You guys are so young and stupid. No idea who you're talking about. Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. That is a career ender. Just like this show. Please clap. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. We would be honored if you would join us. Good morning and a very happy Memorial Day weekend to you. Welcome to the Beyond the Game program. We're glad you could be with us. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com. You can call Town & Country at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing. But God, I'm Rick Benson, and joining me are those guys, Darren Metzger and Zach Barletta, who produces our program. We invite you to give our website a visit, btgprogram.com. There you'll find a full archive of past broadcasts and guest interviews. You can also support the program by picking yourself up a BTG t-shirt. They make a great bed lining for your pet. <laughs> you can interact with the show on Twitter and other social platforms, at BTG Program. Feel free to tweet at us. Let us know your thoughts or perhaps what it is that Darren said which offended you. <laughs> it is Memorial Day, so let me take a moment to thank the many veterans and service men and women of our country. We remember the great price paid by so many for what they believe in. Freedom has never been free, and we are grateful not only to those who paid the ultimate price to provide and protect freedom and the American way of life, but we are also grateful to those currently serving with the same goals in mind. It certainly wasn't the cleanest week for the Buffalo Bills front office in terms of media perception. No. Not only did GM Doug Whaley find himself sort of backpedaling after he said in a radio interview that football is a, quote, violent game that I personally don't think humans are supposed to play. Backpedaled hard on this. He softened his stance a day later, clarifying that he had used a poor choice of words, He'd been responding to a question on whether or not star receiver Sammy Watkins is injury-prone. Well, he stated that he has the utmost respect and love for the game and that the point he was really trying to make is that football is a physical game and injuries are a part of it. But just taking his comments at face value, I'd agree. Humans are not necessarily designed to play football. That is a rough game. Wait, we weren't designed to run full speed into each other? Yeah, don't you immediately think about special teams going down the field. That's, and not, just that's not what we were designed those for? Those types of collisions. Yeah. The, reality, the reality is we were created to glorify God, which I suppose can happen while playing football, but football's fast. It's violent. It's, it's why we love it. There's a thrill in the roughness when... When foot, that football is in the air and the receiver is waiting for it to come time at the, come down, and while at the same time a defender is bearing down on him, you just sort of you, you sort of sense the impending impact, and it's exciting. It's yeah, exhilarating. That's why we love it. Do you think the NFL made Whaley backpedal on this? Because he said something like, "I personally believe or personally think this is something that like, is his own personal view," and the NFL is like, "Well, this is a bad look for us." Hey, back I, I'm office. sure he probably got, you know, a call, a comment, mm -hmm. you know, somebody said, you know, boy, I'm not sure if that's the right thing to say, because 
while his comments may have technically been accurate, it would seem an awfully odd thing for somebody to say who makes a living putting together a bunch of guys to play football. But it's not like it's a news flash, though. It's not like we're stunned to learn that we're not supposed to crash into each other and have our brains bounce around. You know, I mean, agreed. But we're if you're the GM of a football team, either, that's uh, that's yeah. an odd thing for you to be saying. You're the, the GM. You're the guy that's sending the guys out. You're yeah. the one that's paying them to go out there. But that wasn't the only awkward moment coming out of one Bills drive this week. The Bills also released a new media policy, at least for training camp anyway, which pushes the boundaries of censorship if it doesn't completely cross it altogether. It crosses it. Among other things, the new policy limits what information reporters can share during training camp and practices, including plays, strategies, formations, what groups players are practicing in, specific plays like drop passes, incomplete passes, interceptions. What else is there? What can you cover? What, you can just say who is and isn't practicing, which you can get in the media handout anyway? So A bunch of reporters poked fun at the new policy as the Bills. They began their OTAs this, this past Tuesday. Mike Rodak, he covers the Bills for ESPN. He tweeted this, trying to get around the new p- media policy while at the ha- same time having fun. He tweeted, a Bills quarterback with a jersey number that is the square root of 25 through a football that missed its intended target. <laughs> Quick, what is the square root of 25? Even Richie Incognito. I blew right past Benson that. Benson doesn't know. <laughs> he has no idea. Five. Very good. Is it five? I mean, I was waiting to hear if Darren could get it. <laughs> oh. I couldn't. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Even Richie Incognito seemed to poke some fun at the policy when he tweeted, and he got my attention with this. Not sure if I'm supposed to be tweeting this with the new media policy, but since we started practice, there's cookies in the lunchroom. <laughs> That's way more interesting than who's practicing with the first team offense. Honestly, I'd rather know about the cookies. It's kind of dishonest by the Bills. Like, hey, don't report anything good or bad. Like, we don't want our fans knowing anything. It's almost dishonest reporting out of them. And I can I can sort of understand that the Bills want to keep some secrets from the opposition, but but have any wins and losses ever been recorded from a tweet or a, a posting or an article? The media is what sells the product to your fans. You know, mm-hmm. uh, being able to get excited or about a player or see improve, even if they're if they're struggling, being able to see that improvement. I think this goes a little too far. I actually think that this has less to do with keeping secrets and has more to do with the fact that they've been lousy for so long that they want to avoid any additional embarrassment by this guy dropped a pass or this guy stumbled through the... You want to create a buzz. You want people to be interested in you. Bills fans are very, very passionate, right and wrong, both sides of the tracks on that, but they're very passionate, and you're taking something from them here. You are only there because of the fans. You've missed the playoffs 16 straight years. Why are you taking information and why are you taking stuff from the fans, stuff they want to know? Well, that's what, that's what I'm saying. They're, they're only kind of really taking the negative stuff out. Don't report Which on interceptions. Dishonest. Don't report on drop passes. Only report the good things. You guys are going to do what you do every year. If that happens, my bills are going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> whoa, whoa. We're excited. That's not me. And then three weeks into the season, you're finding out all the stuff the media didn't tell you about that they weren't allowed to tell you about. And you find out that, no, they're not good anyway. What probably happened is one of the Bills officials just saw a guy in a Patriot shirt hanging around. So they're like, crap, we got to button up the practices. <laughs> Bismack Biombo of the Toronto Rappers. Rappers? Rappers. Like it. <laughs> the Toronto Raptors has been wagging his finger after he blocks a shot throughout the NBA postseason. And he needs to stop right now. 
maybe even longer. But since I and probably most everyone else here in America couldn't care any less about the Raptors, <laughs> I wouldn't know. I don't think I've ever, ever seen a Raptors regular season game. About Raptors Knicks. Okay, maybe I did. Maybe I have. Just called you out. My bad. Well, threw under the bus. But that would mean having to watch a Knicks game. Hey, back off the Knicks, <laughs> all right? Being a longtime Toronto Raptors fan, Zach, can you confirm if this finger wagging thing has been happening longer than the postseason? I cannot confirm or deny. I thought he not. doesn't actually watch the game. Yeah, I have no idea. I think I've watched two games all year. <laughs> Apparently, Biombo's finger wagging is in respect to Dikembe Mutombo, both men being from the Congo. But it appears there is no joy in Congo. It seems that Matumbo doesn't like Biombo using his signature expression. Is there ever joy in the Congo? According to reports, Matumbo did not grant Biombo permission to do the wag. Matumbo says he saw a report which claimed that he had formally granted his approval to such finger wagging, but he says those reports are false. Matumbo saying, him and I need to talk this summer. What? Approval? Hey, I'm on Mutombo's side here. That's his move. A finger wag? Yeah. CBS sports writer Ananth Pandian wrote on, and I, I have no idea if I pronounce that name Sounds correctly. Sounds good to me. Wrote, on, wrote an article on the controversy in which he said it was Mutombo who invented the finger wag in the first place. That's a little too far. You can't handle the truth. Okay, this discussion about finger wagging is crazy to begin with. The granting of finger-wagging rights, needing to talk it through over the summer, as if all that isn't goofy enough. 2016, are you A surprised? writer for CBS Sports thinks Matumbo invented the finger-wag in the first place? <laughs> Had you been in my childhood home back in the late 60s, early 70s, oh. you would have seen finger-wagging long before Matumbo had even picked up a basketball. You're old. My mother had that move perfected. I saw the finger wag pointed in my direction so often that the breeze cooled me off on a hot summer day. <laughs> the muscles she developed in her wagging finger was Schwarzenegger-like. I saw this woman wagging a finger long before Dikembe Mutombo. Mutombo invented the finger wag. Give me a break. My mother eventually got tired of the finger wag. She moved on to the wooden spoon flailing. She bought them in cases and would break them over our backside. <laughs> And these guys need to work out finger-wagging rights. I ever tell you, my mother, I'm somewhat embarrassed by this, but I'm going to tell you this story anyway. I was being disobedient. My mother, she was disciplining us with the wooden spoon. And I, I had reached that point in, in adolescent malehood where I put my arm up and I deflected it. The spoon broke, and I thought, she left the room. And I thought, Victory at last is mine. <laughs> no, I have no. defeated the woman. No. She, I, I am a grown man now. She came back in a few minutes later with a metal spoon <laughs> with, with a ladle the size of I don't know what and just began, well, I can't say because my mom would be brought up on charges. <laughs> Coming up on today's program, Zach has a fresh selection of foolish statements for shenanigans. We'll talk about the Mets' Matt Harvey and how much he's been stinking so far this Bad. season. Plus, we'll have our Pest of the Week, Darren's Unreasonable Rant. I'll tell you what was the most awesome thing I saw this week. All coming up today on Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Title sponsor of Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Town & Country has been in business for nearly three successful decades. They know how to get the job done. 
covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown. Well, just about any place that you can pick up this radio station is a place Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country technicians are friendly, professional, and most important, knowledgeable. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't? Call Town & Country. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, you name it. Call Town & Country. Even raccoons and larger animals. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. And let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions at 585-426-5024 or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. Remember when a small business needed a landline? Today, landlines are a thing of the past with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. On the road, at the beach, or at home, Grasshopper helps you grow your business. Get all the features of a business phone system and the freedom of a cell phone with our iPhone and Android apps. Features include multiple extensions for your team, calls forwarded to your mobile phones, voicemails transcribed and emailed, and so much more. See how it works at grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. Welcome back to Beyond the Game. Rick Benson here with those guys. Glad to have you along on this Memorial Day weekend 2016. As a sports fan, sometimes there's things that happen in sports that reveal things about myself which I don't care for much. For instance, a week or so ago, Jose Bautista gets popped by Rognan Odor, and my first response was one of delight. Yes. I'm not positive, but there may have may have even been a bit of muffled chuckle which escaped just as a natural result of the glee I felt over I just I love that picture of his face all scrunched up. The still was just stopped at the right moment, scrunched up by the impact of Odor's fist. Jose Bautista, who in a I don't know, maybe a David Ortiz way, has come to expect this special set of playing rules, special guidelines to apply to him that don't apply to the most of the rest of the players in the league. Special rules for him because, you know, he's a special person. He deserves special rules. His mom told him that. Jose Bautista, whose cockiness, whose arrogance just leaves a heavy layer of frost on my fanny, especially <laughs> especially when his club has had absolutely zero success to show for it. Granted, they won a division title last year. And by success, I mean a World Series title, at least more than just that divisional crown. At least Ortiz, David Ortiz has enjoyed success both individually and with the Red Sox as a whole. Mm -hmm. But as a believer in Christ, I know that everything about that odor Bautista situation, man, it'd just be a poor reflection of Christ. It's certainly not a good example of biblical values or spiritual maturity. I ought not to be finding enjoyment in the fact that one man punched another man out of anger. <laughs> But it's happening again, and, and, and deep down I'm enjoying it in another person's struggles and failures. Yes, I'm familiar with Proverbs 17.5, which says, Whoever mocks the poor insults his maker, he who is glad at calamity will not go unpunished. I'm aware of that. Also aware of Proverbs 24.17, Do not rejoice when your enemy falls, and let not your heart be glad when he stumbles. Yet there it is that, Human nature, we all struggle with. And I'm loving, I'm absolutely loving that Matt Harvey stinks right now. I, <laughs> I, I love it. 
Is that wrong? Hater. Of course it's wrong. It's, it's wrong for me to love that Jose Potista got popped. It's wrong for me to love that Matt Harvey is struggling. I think it's the same thing about Matt Harvey that bothers me so much about guys like Bautista and Ortiz. They're just so, I don't know, what would you say, smug? They seem to think they're just so special. And I I guess I can't really explain it because they're, I guess there are special rules for special players, but I suppose what I dislike is when they, they expect it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just the sense I get from guys like that. All right, I don't want to, but you guys are making me do it. I have no choice but to bring up Derek Jeter. There's a special <laughs> player who got special treatment, but it doesn't need to be expected. It doesn't need to be doesn't need to be demanded. Just let it come to you. Be like Jeets, man. Batista and Ortiz get they get they seem to get so indignant when they get an inside pitch as if to say, How dare they? How do, do they know who I am? Similarly, Matt Harvey has expected the Mets to kiss his privileged rear end since he broke in as a rookie. Remember when, when he was injured a few years ago? The Mets wanted him to rehab in Florida. But Harvey was upset because he wanted to rehab in New York and be with the team. It's part of the New York life nightlife. He you know, just wasn't into the early bird special at Stacy's Buffet in Florida with all the blue <laughs> hairs. You know, It wasn't his idea of a good time. There have been a number of other little, I don't know, challenges maybe that Harvey has made of the team in an attempt to flex his muscle and demand that he gets things his way. He's currently three and seven, an ERA over six. Ooh. And I'm not sure if I could, could, could be any happier. Oh, wait, yes, I am. He could be winless. I'd enjoy that. <laughs> but this is, this is when the Holy Spirit leans on me and reminds me of Proverbs 24, 17. Do not rejoice when your enemy falls and let not... Not that he's my enemy, but let not your heart be glad when he stumbles. And because I'm holier than than you two thou's, I get convicted and I ask God to forgive my sinful heart. I'm sorry, Lord, for rejoicing in Matt Harvey's ballooning ERA. <laughs> I ought not to rejoice in it. Okay, just one more, and then I'll I'll ask again to be forgiven. After this most recent loss, he bolted the clubhouse. They call him the Dark Knight. Please, come on. Bolting the clubhouse? Back in March, you might remember, he also refused to talk with reporters because he was upset that headlines about his bladder infection. You're pitching in New York. You're going to have headlines over your stubbed toe. He claimed that this bladder infection was the result of not urinating frequently enough. You don't think the New York papers are going to be all over this? (laughs) And here's the thing. He didn't have to say that. Right. He didn't he's the one who brought it up and said, "Yeah, I didn't pee enough and my bladder got infected." What did he think was going to happen? And you're right. He brought it on himself. And when a guy like Harvey struggles, they do bring the negative press on, on themselves because of the way they demand the attention during the good times. Sometimes wanting the attention isn't always a good thing, so be careful what you ask for. But now he seems to have put this self-imposed gag order after another subpar outing against the Nationals this week. He gave up three home runs, including a second-deck bomb to former Met Daniel Murphy. Mets captain David Wright said, You want to be a stand-up guy, and this is a little blip on the radar screen. Hopefully we all learn from it and don't make the same mistake again. Wright told reporters he didn't really care for Harvey's reaction that he might, he might have a talk with him. He's, of course, protecting his guy. You know, that's what a captain does. But this isn't really a little blip on the radar. And if it is, 
It's a number of little blips that make one big blip. David Wright's doing what leaders do. ESPN's Buster Only had a good article. He writes that many players have approached him over the years after a tough game to find out. They ask him only if a struggling teammate had answered questions from the media. What the, what that leader wants to know, it, it's he only says it's like a big brother checking on the behavior of a little brother because the vast majority of Major League Baseball players have viewed this as an important test of accountability to stand there and answer to the media and give an, uh, give an account. Accountability is a key biblical characteristic. As believers, we should all have someone in our lives to whom we are accountable, someone who cares enough to ask the tough questions, which keeps us above reproach and from slipping deeper into sin. What veteran players know is that when a player opts not to talk, and we talked about this oh, a couple months ago, I can't remember in regards to whom, but they allow others to write the narrative. If you're not going to stand there in front of the reporters and give a story, you're allowing the reporters to write the story any way they want. Uh, never leave it in the hands of the media to tell your story, because if you do, you have no right to complain later. I suppose I'm picking on Matt Harvey, perhaps maybe a little bit more than I should, but I just, I've always felt he's one of those players who've been blessed with all kinds of talent, but he's got this attitude that just sort of creates headaches for his club. The reality is, I think Matt Harvey's going to be just fine. I think he's going to be fine. Uh, you know, the Mets are not going to take him out of the rotation. I've heard those reports. They're not going to send him down to the Niners. I mean, those things are just ridiculous. Those things aren't going to happen. Maybe they come up with some excuse. Oh, he's got this whatever injury, and they put him on the DL and give him a chance to regroup and maybe even work in a rehab start. Maybe that happens. That's what they need to do. But as long as Harvey's healthy, the smart money says he's going to be just fine. I mean, he'll figure it out, and he'll probably be better for it. The guy entered this season with a career ERA of 2.5 or right around 2.5. A little higher now. It's not like he doesn't have the talent. This is the most he's struggled in his major league career. But he's not the first player to suffer through a slump and certainly won't be the last. He's not even the only one. The reigning AL Cy Young, uh, Dallas Keuchel, he has an ERA knocking on six himself. In a nutshell, I I think it's a bit magnified for two reasons, this thing with Harvey. One, he plays in New York where there are reporters who cover other reporters. And two, he's a bit of a jerk. You know, that's just always going to get you that unwanted attention. And even though my dark side is rejoicing that Harvey stinks right now, I think it's just a slump. I think he's going to be fine. Most athletes go through times when it's just not happening for them. Shots don't fall, putts don't drop, pitches miss the mark, whatever it is. Top athletes work through it. That's what makes them top athletes. Chances are if you've played any sport, you've experienced some times when things just aren't going your way. It's natural to begin to press and even feel somewhat isolated and maybe that everyone is watching and you're letting them down. I think that just sort of comes natural when you're going through a slump. But you can go through slumps in sports, in your job, in your personal life, going through times when life just seems dull or even that you feel, I don't know, sort of just sort of out of sorts, I guess. <laughs> you know, you just feel not quite right about yourself. It happens in your spiritual life. Perhaps your Bible reading seems dry. Maybe God seems distant when you pray and 
those feelings of isolation start creeping in. Your walk with Christ has maybe lost its luster somehow. Oh, okay. It's just me. It doesn't happen to you guys. <laughs> Not once. Oh, no, Benson. I'm a true giant in the faith. I read my Bible all day long. I only have joy in my heart. Come on. It happens to all of us. In the Bible, even King David went through a slump, if you will. A man after God's own heart. That was a big slump. God had given David great victories. He defeated Goliath. He won numerous battles. He's the chosen king. And yet there were times when David didn't feel God's presence. When he was in a slump, it, it just wasn't happening for him. Uh, here, here's the time. He begins the 22nd Psalm by writing this. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but I find no rest. David's feeling isolated. He's feeling distant. And as Christians, I think most of us would admit going through such such seasons at times. Time with God feels fruitless. We feel alone, perhaps even questioning if God is listening. And just like Matt, what, what Matt Harvey may be doing, I think it's a good idea to review your mechanics. What's changed? What am I doing differently? Get back to the basics. Could there be unconfessed sin in your life? Isaiah 59.2 says, But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. If you stopped reading Psalms 22 after those first few verses, you'd probably be discouraged. You'd wonder why God would forsake the one after his own heart. And if that's the case, he's certainly not going to care about you or me if he doesn't care about David, but he does care. Keep reading. When you get down around verse 21, you see that while David may have questioned, he's confident, though, that God is always there, and he has faith that he will deliver him. Regardless of how things may seem or the slump that he's in, God is faithful. Psalm twenty-two twenty-six reads like a pitcher breaking a bad slump with eight innings of shutout ball and double-digit strikeouts. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. As Moses told the people of Israel in Deuteronomy 31, verse 6, The Lord your God who goes with you, he will not leave or forsake you. God has not forgotten any of his promise. And that same promise is true for us today. God is always there for those who seek after him. During a slump, athletes will continue to train in order to push through those slumps. The hits will eventually start falling again. The pitchers, the pitches will hit their mark. And as Christians, we should be encouraged by the scriptures, by what David and others experienced. Get back to the basics. Review the mechanics of your walk with Christ. But, go, but know this, that God will never abandon you. Relax, Met fans. I believe Matt Harvey's going to work it out and get back to form. And if you are a believer in Christ going through a tough time or a bit of a dry spell, I believe the same for you. Don't just fold up the tents and go home. Don't abandon your faith. Simply trust in God and lean even more on his promises. Dig into his word and know that he will never abandon you. I'm Rick Benson. This is Beyond the Game. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country. Pest Solutions. I've been telling you about McAfee's Remodeling Company on this show for a long time. They're family-owned and have been in business for nearly two decades. 
They're great for all your interior and exterior home remodeling needs, but they also do much more. McAfee's Remodeling is now proud to offer Hydro Garden Construction to help you become more self-sufficient by growing food in your own home year-round. And they are now proud to be offering skylights and light tunnel installation. Light tunnels bring more healthy natural light into your home, allowing you to use less artificial light and save on electricity. So give McAfee's Remodeling a call at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. The Home Depot has found a way to put more drill on your patio with less cash from your pocket. The Huntington two-burner gas grill with side burner for just $119. You save 20 bucks, and you get a rust-resistant cast aluminum cookbox with a 10-year warranty, a handy side burner, and enough cash left over for a nice thick ribeye or two. Bring on spring with the Huntington two-burner gas grill, just $119, only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Valen Connell, U.S. only. See store for details. Beyond the game, talking sports from a different point of view. Barry Bonds never took steroids. It's a faith-based sports radio program. Don't ruin it by being an idiot. Highlighting the stories and the people of faith. I have a high moral standard. It's not a faith program that includes sports. It's a sports talk show rooted in faith-based principles. You want to heckle blind people? That would make me soil my pants. Dude. Welcome back to the show, recording in the BTG Studios in Rochester, New York. Here is your host, Rick Benson. Welcome back to the program, btgprogram.com, at BTG Program. It's time for some shenanigans. Zach will give us a statement, and we'll go around the room and either agree or call shenanigans on that statement. Gary Payton recently said that Steph Curry's unanimous MVP win was more about the modern era of basketball than about Curry actually deserving to be a unanimous choice. Peyton based his statement on the fact that guys like MJ, Larry Bird, and Bill Russell were never unanimous MVPs, despite clearly deserving to be. Truth or shenanigans, Gary Peyton is correct. I say shenanigans. Um, I get what he's trying to say, I think. I mean, is he saying that the competition for Curry wasn't as stiff as it was back in the days for guys like Jordan and what I got out of it. You know, I, I've heard a ton of old school people calling into radio programs in the last week or so to say how this Warriors team could not compete with the more physical teams of 20 years ago. And to me, that's such a foolish debate because you build a team based on the competition you face, mm-hmm. not the competition that once was. If these Warriors were playing in the days of Magic and Bird, they'd have built the team differently. I, I think. I think one of the better ways, really, to hash out this type of discussion is how far superior is the player or the team than the rest of the competition that they play with. And a guy like Steph Curry, at least for this season, played at a higher level than did the rest of the league. Now, is that because the rest is not as good, or was it because Curry just played at an even higher level? Personally, I think I think Curry rose higher, and you know, you can argue the other way, I guess. I say shenanigans and add Gary Payton to the list of uh, get-off-my-lawn old dudes who view their playing days as being the best of all time. Yes, MJ was awesome. He was the greatest of all time, but he had some really stiff competition when it came to who had the best season. He faced off against Clyde Drexler, Payton himself, Penny Hardaway, Shaq, Magic, and so on. He had some of all-time greats to compete with, so obviously he's not going to get the unanimous, unanimous decision. Bird and Russell in the same boat. 
And to be honest, I don't really care if Curry or anyone else gets a unanimous decision. Was Curry the best player and most important to his team this year? Yes? Okay, move on. I don't care anymore. I agree with you guys. Shenanigans. MVP voting from decades past has zero to do with choosing this year's MVP. Steph Curry doesn't have to play against those guys, so whether they were unanimous or not doesn't matter. In all of the uproar over the Rubnet Odor punching of Jose Batista, one of the things that was brought up was the fact that teams don't really hate each other anymore. Most players are friendly with other players in case they're teammates someday due to free agency. So truth or shenanigans, on the field, teams should be enemies, not friends, and players shouldn't fraternize with opponents. Uh, shenanigans, but I hesitate to say that. You should be able to fraternize and be friends with whoever you want. But I can say that I really do miss the old days of where rivalries, I mean, really got heated. I mean, Pedro threw an old man onto the ground. Like, that was some fun baseball to watch. You go back in time to the, the Pistons, just bad boy body slamming everybody. There was some legitimate hatred on the floor, and it, it made sports more interesting. So shenanigans in a way, but I, I, I would like to see some real old school rivalries come back. I say shenanigans as well. There's a fine line between being passionate about winning and hating your opponent. You can absolutely be friendly with players on the other team while still giving 100% effort and trying to win. I think uh, Benson made a great reference earlier when he talked about Derek Jeter being classy but still passionate. And I think that's really what you're going for. You don't have to hate the other team to be a, a passionate player. And I agree with you guys. Shenanigans on the statement. I guess I... I do probably balk at the word enemies. It's a game, man. I don't I don't think you have to be enemies. But once a game starts, you need to have a focus on winning and producing for your team. Mm-hmm. need to have that focus. I'm not sure that hating another group of guys puts you in a better position to be victorious. I mean, more than anything, it probably puts you in a better position for something to happen, as did between Odor and Bautista. And you know, as long as we're on it. This wasn't the result of two teams supposedly hating each other. Where did it all start? And if they do hate each other, why? Because one guy showed up, one guy embarrassed, Mm -hmm. and however you want to put it, he he embarrassed another group of guys with a stupid look-at-me bat flip. Y'all want to tell me how cool it is, how exciting it is for the game, guys just having fun, stop being a fun police, Benson, but I told you then. People don't care for being embarrassed, and it causes them to be it causes them to be defensive and even to retaliate, and that's exactly what happened. And what bothers me most about that situation, it could have been over with Bautista just accepting the plunking and moving on. But no, he went after Odor at second base hard with that slide and kept uh, it going. I, listen, somebody throws at me, I don't know that I'm going to accept it. You know, his, he knows it's his fault that he got hit, though. The thing that that. I really didn't like about it is that Odor had nothing to do with Batista flipping the bat or getting hit by a pitch. Odor was an innocent party up until the point where he threw a punch. Yeah, but he finished it. Batista going after Odor makes no sense because what did Odor ever do to him, you know? Anyways, Texans quarterback Brock Osweiler said recently that he left the Broncos for Houston because Houston offered him a better chance to win (laughs) long term. Truth or shenanigans, Osweiler's full of crap and he left for money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I agree. In what universe does Houston give you a better chance than does Denver? Look at the Broncos historically. How many Super Bowls have they won? How many have they even played in? What about Houston? 
Now, I can admit that Houston's a very good team and possibly even an improving team, but you're Brock Osweiler. You parlayed an opportunity for a big-money contract. Well done, you, but maybe play more than seven games or whatever it was and show that you're a player who can stick long-term before you worry about the best chances of winning long-term. I think the chances are at least pretty decent. I think they're pretty decent that when Houston finally wins a title, it'll be with someone other than Brock Osweiler, who may have come and gone by that point. I'm not really ripping on Osweiler. Maybe he is the next John Elway, but I doubt very much he really compared the long-term success of those two franchises. What he did is he took the money, and it's cool. Yeah. Get you some. Yep. I say truth. I would actually respect Osweiler a lot more if he just came out and said, you know what, Houston wanted to give me more money, so I took it. Like, Don't try and sell me a bill of goods. And like you said, maybe put together more than you know seven good games. Actually, put together like put together two good halves. Nobody's going to disrespect no. you because you took the money. That's fine if no, that's what you chose fine. to do. That's what we would do. Yeah, I would do the exact same thing. But don't lie to me and lie to everyone else and insult my intelligence by saying Houston gave me a better long term chance to win. No, they didn't. I I uh, agree with you guys. I call it shenanigans. Either he's full of crap or he's been breathing in too much of that smoky Denver air. He's saying what he has to say, but there's, there. there's no way anybody leaves the reigning Super Bowl champions for a better chance to win. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, and, and you're saying the things that, you know, I suppose the company line for your new company, the new team that you're with, you're saying all those things to rally your teammates around you. I get what you're doing, but come on, man. It's a flat-out lie. Relief pitcher turned awful TV analyst C.J. Nitkowski recently tweeted, if a big league batter hits a home run versus a position player, should it count? This sparked a mini-tweet battle between Nikowski and Yankees reporter Sweetie Murdy. Truth or shenanigans? Home runs hit when a position player is pitching should not count. I say shenanigans. For one thing, as Sweeney Murdy actually replied to him, did it count when you struck out a pitcher? It does. If a pitcher strikes out a pitcher, then a batter hitting a home run against a batter should also count. Second... Most guys that play Major League Baseball were the best athlete on their high school teams, and they probably pitched. So it's not like these guys have never pitched before. They know a little bit what they're doing. So I call shenanigans. Shenanigans, and I don't even understand. Like, I didn't think he was serious about this. Like, when you gave us the shenanigan question, I didn't think this was serious at all. So I went and looked up the conversation via Twitter, and he was dead serious about it. And I can't think of a dumber statement to, to make. Like, everything you said... I am 100% on board with I agree with that. Like I don't even understand why this is why this was a question that he asked. Yeah, shenanigans. It's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, should strikeouts not count if the guy is a September call-up and not a true major <laughs> leaguer? I mean, should the home run count if it's off a pitcher over 40 and in the last month of his career? What if the pitcher had an injury and wasn't at full strength? I mean, where are you going to draw the line? It's just dumb. There are times when an announcer says things, and this is what Nikowski's doing, just to get people talking about what he said because he lacks the necessary talent to get people <laughs> talking without the shock value. Whether it's stupid or, or, or not, it doesn't really matter. He got people talking about it and using his name. Yeah, Nikowski's terrible. He also was a big fan of the let players police themselves when the Batista Odor thing happened. Yeah, I mean, he's so. still fairly new. Maybe he improves. I don't know. But this was just stupid, although it did get people talking. Next statement. 
CC Sabathia is good again. No. <laughs> no. He's as tough a competitor as we've ever seen. I mean, shenanigans on your statement that he's good again. He's a tough competitor. He will figure out ways to compete, keep his team in the game, but with the diminishing skills and health, he's he's just not going to be able to do it as often as he once did. He'll show flashes now and again, and he's doing it now. He's on one of those streaks, but, man, it's the end of May. It, it just doesn't seem like there's enough in the tank to do it consistently day in and day out, but here's hoping. I say shenanigans like Benson said. He's 35 years old. He's definitely on the downside of his career, as we've seen. He had a good May. He allowed one earned run in May, and Zach pointed out, what's his ERA, like 2.83 or something like that? Yeah, no. it's under three. Like, yes, he had an awesome May, but let's let's pump the brakes on CC being good again. He's had multiple terrible seasons in a row. It was a good May. I'd like to see more. I actually am glad you guys said that because we had agreed on everything so far, and I was getting a little worried, but... I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but yes, I'm starting to believe in CeCe. So I'll say I agree. He's actually one of the best pitchers on the Yankees roster right now, which well, that's not kind of scary. Much. The yeah. 22 and 24 or whatever Yankees, yeah, that team? It's kind yeah. of scary. But I, I mean, this week he dominated Toronto on Thursday. That's three straight starts of allowing one or zero runs per game. His ERA is down below three where it hasn't been in years. And he looks like he's finally learning to pitch with diminished velocity. We've been asking for him to have that Mike Messina season. I think maybe he's finally doing it, so I'm I'm actually gonna I'm on board the CC hype train. I hope you're right. Finally, we all overrated the Blue Jays. Shenanigans! I think they're a much better team than they've played right now. Uh, if if you're not named the Red Sox, you're really not playing up to your potential right now in the AL East anyway. So it's May. Oh, I don't know about Give that. The Yankees are playing their potential. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They're bad. I agree, actually. Uh, if you go back and look at last year, which I did, they were below 500 well into July last year. Their their great year that we all remember last year was really just a great second half. And they're now minus David Price from that team. They really have no starting pitching. Um, nobody is really hitting on that team either. They're so desperate for answers that they're batting Batista at leadoff now. <laughs> and they've used up a lot of their trade chips last year. So we could see this team trading their stars at the deadline. I don't think they're, that's too far-fetched. What, they're one or two games under five hundred right now? They're only six, six and a half out? It's not over. I think you're right, Zach. They do have a problem at pitching. I I think they have a problem at manager if you're putting Batista mm-hmm. in the leadoff spot. That just makes absolutely no sense to me. But I, I, I think shenanigans, I, they're only seven games out. It's not... They're not dead in the water at no. this plus. Plus, plus they trail Boston. We all know what happens to Boston late in the season. <laughs> that offense is good, man. They got a lot of stick on that mm-hmm. side of the – I think they're going to be fine. When we come back, I'm going to tell you the most awesome thing I saw this week. I do think you're going to like it. You're listening to Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town & Country, Pest Solutions. Title sponsor of Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Town & Country has been in business for nearly three successful decades. They know how to get the job done. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown. Well, 
Just about any place that you can pick up this radio station is a place Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country technicians are friendly, professional, and most important, knowledgeable. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't? Call Town & Country. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, you name it. Call Town & Country. Even raccoons and larger animals. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. And let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions at 585-426-5024 or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. I've been telling you about McAfee's Remodeling Company on this show for a long time. They're family-owned and have been in business for nearly two decades. They're great for all your interior and exterior home remodeling needs, but they also do much more. McAfee's Remodeling is now proud to offer Hydro Garden Construction to help you become more self-sufficient by growing food in your own home year-round. And they are now proud to be offering skylights and light tunnel installation. Light tunnels bring more healthy natural light into your home, allowing you to use less artificial light and save on electricity. So give McAfee's Remodeling a call at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. You're listening to Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Beyond the Game is listener-supported. You can help by making a one-time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal Secure Servers. Beyond the Game thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support. And now it's time for... The most awesome thing I saw this week. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of the team. I don't believe what I just saw. Yes, that's awesome. So Wednesday night at Fenway Park, the Boston Red Sox held a pregame ceremony to honor the 1986 AL championship team. That's right, unlike in New York where they celebrate titles, the Red Sox and their fans were celebrating a we-came-close kind of year, <laughs> celebrating a World Series loss to the Mets. You remember the one, Bill Buckner. Buckner was there, Roger Clemens was there, all the big stars of that almost title team. Even Wade Boggs was there, wearing his 1996 Yankees World Series ring. <laughs> During the ceremony. How awesome, and yet how awkward. Especially considering that this is the year the Red Sox retire Boggs' number 26. Good night, you're wearing your... What are you thinking, man? And, and Boggs is no stranger to those awkward moments. But you're out there for the Red Sox celebration of the 86 championship... Or 80 championship. Yeah, right. Close to championship. And you're wearing your Yankees <laughs> ring? Come on, man. Come on, son. Now the moment we've all been waiting for. Tom Brady wears Uggs. I have no knowledge of anything. I have no explanation for what happened. The highlight of the show. I'm not going to let our fans down. The reason people tune in week after week. Said no one ever. Darren's Unreasonable Rant. 
The dust has settled. Suspensions have been handed out. Wikipedia pages have been updated. And if you live outside of Canada, a new hero has been born. Relatively unknown outside of Arlington, but now world-renowned for his mean right hook. Jose Bautista's new daddy, Rognet Odor. He became my new favorite player with one punch. He did what 95% of baseball world has wanted to do ever since Jose Bautista found out what steroids were and started flipping his bat all over the Rogers Center, acting like he's the first person to ever hit a dinger and then mean mug the pitcher. It's about time he got what's coming to him, and he better send Adrian Beltier a Christmas card because that guy saved his life. Bautista was out on his feet. If this was a boxing match, the towel would have been thrown. I've never seen a more direct hit in any of the major sports. Hockey players everywhere were jealous of this punch. It's been my screensaver for over a week now. It was the single greatest moment of my baseball life. I'd rather watch Bautista get punched like this every game than see the Yankees win another championship. 26 is enough, but I think we can all agree that only one epic right to rearrange Jose Bautista's jaw is definitely not enough. People are looking for ways to spice up baseball and make it great again. Well, Rognet Odor just gave you the key. Less pitch clocks and more right hooks to that stupid thing Jose Bautista calls a face. Were you even listening before? (laughs) Yeah, I thought it was kind of funny that that was going to be my rant after you started talking about that. I gave you verse after verse (laughs) of why you should not rejoice in such things. I couldn't help it. If it was anyone but Jose Bautista, I wouldn't rejoice in it. I need Jesus. Title sponsor Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com, fearing nothing but God. At the end of every show, we go around the room, give you our Pest of the Week. My Pest of the Week is Parker T. Bear, mascot of the AAA Fresno Grizzlies, Los Angeles Dodgers affiliate. It seems that the mascot has officially become an ordained minister and will perform in-ballpark marriages, the team announced this week. <laughs> It's part of the team's promotion, Big Fat Fresno Wedding Show. But Parker will be available to marry anyone interested as well as officiate vow renewals. Cost is 20 bucks, includes two tickets to the game. Here's my issue. First off, marriage is sacred. should not be reduced to a minor league ballpark promotion on the likes of hot dog eating contests and disco nights. And secondly, or, or dating a team mascot? Really? It makes a mockery of the profession. It makes light of anyone who went to seminary, who studied, and who responded to the call of God on their lives. Now, I know, I know, there goes Benson being the fun police again and overreacting. But if the Philly fanatic or one of the racing sausages can skip all the training and school to do what you do and what you worked hard in college to learn how to do, it would invalidate all the effort you put in. I mean, come on, do you really want Billy the Marlin installing a new electric outlet for you just because he <laughs> went online and paid a couple of bucks for an illegitimate <laughs> license? Parker T. Bear, my pest of the week. Well, can't mascots, they can't even talk. I have no so idea how they're going to figure work? that out. And, and who's actually ordained, the fuzzy outside suit or the dude inside? The whole thing is just stupid and it's a mockery of the profession. I agree with you. My pest of the week is Draymond Green, anyone that thinks Draymond Green's kick to the groin wasn't on purpose, and the NBA for giving Draymond Green star treatment. I don't care that it's the playoffs. You kicked another man in the groin on purpose. Everyone with with eyes knows it. You should have been suspended. My pest of the week, the NBA, Draymond Green, the whole kick, all that whole situation. My pest of the week is former Seahawks running back Marshawn Lynch. Lynch seemed to announce his retirement on Super Bowl Sunday when he posted a photo of his cleats hanging up. Recently, though, he's been telling friends that he's thinking about returning 
but the Seahawks probably don't want him. This is annoying for two reasons. One, I have his replacement Thomas Rawls in Darren's Keeper Fantasy League, and two, didn't he see how the Brett Favre unretirement went down? Unless you're Andy Pettit, unretiring is never a good idea. So Marshawn Lynch is my pest of the week. What about Michael Jordan? He unretired. It was pretty good for him. Yeah, there was that. There's there's that. Before we close out the show, let me tell you what frosts my fanny. You know what frosts my fanny? You watch your language. Did that totally frost your fanny? Get off my lawn. Man, that'll frost your fanny. If your life had a face, I would punch it. That really frosts my fanny. Easy, compadre. Did I just frost your fanny? As a matter of fact, you did. People who make everything about them and automatically assume that everything is a personal attack. You know that person. They think that just because they got a flat tire that someone in the highway department is out to get them. (laughs) Here's the reality. Stuff happens. It just does. And most of the time when you think someone is talking about you or that they are intentionally out to get you, most of the time it has nothing to do with you. In fact, you're not even on their mind at all. How self-absorbed do you have to be to think that people are so interested in you that they're constantly out to get you? Get over yourself. People don't care. A week or so ago, the San Diego Padres invited the San Diego Gay Men's Chorus to sing the national anthem prior to a game. However, just as they were about to begin performing, a recording of a woman singing the national anthem played instead. And unfortunately, the choir did not get an opportunity to perform because they needed to, you know, get the game started. I'm sorry that you didn't get to perform the national anthem, but isn't the game what people really paid to see? Some members of the chorus claimed they were heckled as they left the field. Look, I'm sure you were. You know what I know about people? They do what they want to do. They can be insensitive. They can be stupid. They can be downright cruel at times. That is simply the sinful heart of man. I get complaints sometimes from the neighbors of the sports complex I'm the director of because people turned around in their yard when traffic got backed up. I'm sorry, man. People are unfair. The thing is, they're going to do what they want to do. I had a delivery truck overshoot one of our neighbors, and instead of turning around in one of our lots, he turned around in the grass. Only he sank and left big ruts getting out, which I now had to fix. It stinks, but I doubt very much he did it because I'm white, or he did it because I'm straight, or he did it because I don't have tattoos, or because I'm fat, because I'm short, or any other reason apart from people just do what they want to do. The Padres have issued a brief apology, which, of course, the San Diego Gays Men's Chorus finds to be inadequate. Here's something you should probably know. People screw up. They make mistakes. It probably has nothing to do with the fact that you're gay and has nothing to do with you at all. It has everything to do with the fact that people make mistakes. What would you like them to do? Fire the poor guy who made the mistake? Fine. They did. And even though the team says nothing malicious happened, they canned the person responsible anyhow. To their credit, though, the chorus has asked the team to rehire that individual. Apparently, even Major League Baseball itself did an investigation. Really? How much time and effort and dollars was wasted on this? The league has announced that it has concluded that the mistake was the result of human error. In its statement, Major League Baseball noted that the San Diego Gay Men's Chorus has 
performed multiple times previously before a Padres game, and that the situation was exasperated by the fact that the lead entertainment supervisor was involved in a car accident on Friday night and thus was not able to work on Saturday and handle his typical responsibilities. There, how do you feel now? Car accidents, missed work, fired employees. But let me guess, that's still not enough. It was a mistake, man. Move on, plain and simple. But you know what it's a result of? You know what this comes from? Bat flips. <laughs> Unnecessary bat flips. No, but how, how focused are people in our society on themselves? I'm about to unfriend a guy I know because all he does is take selfies and post them to social media. <laughs> and he keeps taking shirtless selfies. Oh, no. Stop it. I thought about buying him a shirt and just sending it to him. And then I realized it's probably just easier and cheaper for me to just unfriend him. It's going to be awkward when you unfriend him and then have to kick him off the show. <laughs> <laughs> the Apostle Paul actually warned about being so self-absorbed. He said it would be part of the last days of biblical prophecy. 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 and 2. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. Self-centeredness shows itself in many ways. It can appear in conversations when one person doesn't let another speak, but continually makes the conversation about them, as I just spoke of. Sometimes it's evident on people's social sites when all they do is post up pictures of themselves, talk about themselves, their lives all the time, never contribute anything positive to somebody else. It can even be seen in church when people are unwilling to serve and help others. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 16, 24, that the first thing that you have to do if you want to follow him is deny yourself. Jesus taught that life with him was no longer about our own wants and our own expectations. Instead, it becomes about what God wants. Matthew 6, 33 says, of course, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. I believe idolatry is more evident now than it has ever been. And it's not it's not worshiping that little wooden thing the Brady's found on their vacation. <laughs> now it's about fame. It's about success. It's about me, myself, and I. Sometimes people claim to be, they, they say they're unselfish because, well, you know, I'm just providing for my family or, you know, I help my neighbors some. But in reality, if you're without Christ, even a person's own good deeds becomes an idol. It becomes about what they did and not what Jesus did. Do you want to guard against a self-centered life? Turn your focus to Jesus. Ask God to change your heart so that it desires the things which he desires for you. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Game. Beyond the Game has been brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com. Give them a call, 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Tell them Benson sent you. For those guys, Zach and Darren, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at the same time. Have a great holiday weekend, everybody.